to another episode of the Off the Waitlist podcast. We have a very, very special guest for you today on our episode. She's one of my dearest, sweetest friends. Her name's Sarah Lamb at Fit by Slam on Instagram. And we actually randomly met through a Lululemon event. I was tasked in trying to connect with someone who I had never actually met in real life. And so Lululemon challenged me to try and connect with someone and she was someone that popped up. So I totally slid into her DMs and asked her if she wanted to do some sort of Lululemon experience with me at the U Village store. So that's how we actually met and we've been friends ever since. Love, love this human being. Uh, she's so great. Excited for you to hear her story, hear her perspectives and everything like that. So let's get on with it. <laughs> Great. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? Good. What you doing? I am in the middle of my work day, but of course making time for you. Oh, you're the best. Just, you know, sacrificing work and, you know, all that good stuff. You're the best. How's work going? Oh, it's been busy. Um, it's, it's a pretty busy time for us. It's the end of the quarter, so we're going through forecast. And yeah. Yay. That sounds exciting. Always, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. So uh, first of all, welcome. We, we, found, we, found, we found a name for the podcast. Did you? What did you yeah. decide on? It's uh, off the wait list podcast because I have that memes page. Love it. And Love I was like, you know, we might as well just funnel it into our podcast. So that's, and what's funny is we talked about doing a podcast for so long. We did. That, that I was just like, you know what? It's time. It's time. It's time to do something. There you so are. This is, this is my third one in three days. And I have a later, I have another one later today. So we're just, you know, we're just in it. You are such, yeah, you are so busy all the time, but I'm proud of everything that you do. Oh, you're the best. You're the best. <laughs> um, well, I always do the same thing when we get started. Are you ready? Yes. You, <laughs> I love it. You're just like, yes, whatever it is. I don't care. You have 60 seconds to tell your life story and I'll tell you when to start because I'm your timer. Okay, a little hey, nervous for this. I know, I know, but it's so fun. You're going to have so much fun. Okay, take a deep breath. Ready? Okay. Three, two, one, go. My name is Sarah. I am based in Seattle, Washington. A little unique in a sense that I was born and raised in Wyoming in a small town called Cody, which people now know because Kanye West recently bought a ranch there. Grew up there for um, a big chunk of my life and then moved to Seattle. Ended up going to UW and being local. I did spend a few years in San Francisco and in New York and I've just always worked in finance and in the tech industry. Feel like I got tricked into moving back to Seattle about four years ago, but here I am. It is home and I see myself here in, well, the foreseeable future really. And I am just really passionate about fitness and wellness. It's become a part, big part of my identity. And I really, really love just 
being involved with the community. And so I um, recently became a berries instructor. I've been keeping busy. I love to paint. I do very abstract. Three, two, one. Ah, that's your minute. Oh my goodness. Okay. (laughs) What's funny is uh, you're the second person to go over just slightly because I always have to, because, you know, we got to stick to the rules. It's always got to be 60 seconds. Uh, Colleen, the first person I did, she was like 30 seconds in and was like, oh, we still have more time. So it's just funny. I I love that exercise because uh, you just get to hear what people are excited about sharing about their life and uh, in a short amount of time. So uh, welcome, Sarah, to Off the Waitlist podcast. Super excited to have you. Um, I always ask this question at the beginning. What were you like as a kid growing up? Oh, geez. Um, I still think pretty similar to how I am now, just very opinionated and strong in my values and what I believe in. So if I feel very strongly or passionate about something, definitely heard. I was more shy back then. I, I feel like I'm still shy, but just you know, branching out now. But I was very family focused, still am. Um, hard worker, all of the values that my parents instilled in me, I think I still have them now. And yeah, I think I was just much more shy, but still true to who I am today, really. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the things I most admire about you is that you're so family oriented. Like, like it inspires me to be more family oriented. Like, man, I need to call my mom. <laughs> you know, but you hang out with your family, which is so great. I do, I do. Yeah, yeah. You see your family a lot. Uh, I don't know if you remember, I had to look back and see the last time we had our interview last year. For those of you who don't know, we did an Instagram live. And do you remember what day that was? I'm gonna guess that it was in April. Was it April? <laughs> it was November. It was November? Yeah. Really? Hmm. November, oh. no, November 19th. Wow. I know, isn't that crazy? 2020. Yeah, and a lot has changed. Almost a year ago. I know. So that's where I was going with this is that so much has changed since November 19th of 2020. Uh, how have you been dealing with uh, the pandemic and everything like that? How's it, how's it been going for you? You know, I reflected on this a lot. Um, and so a few weeks ago was actually my birthday. And I think that two weeks before my birthday, I was just reflecting on the last year. And I think that I, I feel guilty saying this because I know that the majority of people really struggled with the pandemic and just really understanding their purpose in life. But I really spent the last year focusing on myself and truly really focusing on myself and only myself. And I feel like I thrived. It was probably one of the best years that I've had in years, Um, just from, you know, personal growth, how I view life, how I reprioritized and just carved out space for myself and people who mean a lot to me that re-energize me or who, you know, cherish and also invest the same amount of time that I do in them. And so I thought it was a great year for me. I, looking back, I, I think I really just prioritized myself, set goals that I accomplished and it's, it's set me up to just view more life more optimistically. And yeah, I'm excited for what the next year has to bring, honestly. Yes. Well, and <laughs> I, you bring up a good point. I think last during over this past year, year and a half, 
it's been a great opportunity for people to focus on themselves and focus on what they want and what they want out of their life. So I don't think you're the only one who had a thriving, successful year and a half. Of course, there's people who have struggled. Um, and we've heard those stories where it's hard to find a job. It's hard to get back going. It's hard to find that routine to get that ball rolling again. And now with Delta variant coming back, it can be hard to kind of get the ball roll, get a little momentum going. But uh, it's, it's nice to hear that, you know, I don't think you're alone in the sense that you took time for yourself. Uh, you took that time, you took that discipline with generally speaking with, when things happen in life that are great, it comes out of a seed of maybe something not so great. Was there anything that all this kind of abundance came out of like fruitfully? I think so. I, I think that when I moved back to Seattle four years ago, it just wasn't the best time of my life. And I definitely struggled in different areas, but I think that with the pandemic and just being forced to be locked down, it really just, made me think about what was important. So by no means, it wasn't easy. I think there's always an adjustment period um, to really find a routine that works for you. And a lot of it was trial and error till I found the right concoction and balance of what worked for me. And so I think I learned to let a lot of things go that I couldn't for years and just learn to accept that I can't change things that are out of my control and that I am the sole person responsible for my own happiness. And so just having that mindset and not letting, I, I think that when times are hard, people also focus on things that aren't going well and it begins to snowball, right? So it impacts and cascades down to every different facets of your life, really. So changing the outlook on that has really helped in just, you know, setting short-term goals that set you up for success for long-term goals also. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because like, when I hear that the past year has been fruitful and successful, but you talked about four years ago. So this has been four years in the making. So just understanding <laughs> yeah. that it takes a little patience. It takes a little, you know, a little grit, a little determination, a little bit of everything for your labor to start showing that fruit. So I think that's, that's just like a really important lesson uh, in, you know, kind of believing that everything happens for a reason, right? And it's always leading to something. And, and I think that's really important to figure out because so many people are going through it right now. You know, this might be their four years of growing through what they're growing through. Uh, but eventually, if you keep kind of searching and, 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 and growing and evolving, I think, I think it all kind of works out. It does. And I think community is also really important. I, mm. I definitely a lot, think a large part of that was just having really strong people and friends in my life, even, even like people like you, right, who they're, they're your foundation. So I think just being able to lean on people and hearing different perspectives and when you feel like you're in a rough spot, they're able to level set and pull you out of that mindset. Mm. So mm -mm. it's not just done by myself. It's a lot of people who care very, very much about me and uh, they want me to be well. So right. it's a team effort. So going back to our last conversation on November 19th, <laughs> you, you had just kind of started your new gig, right? When, when did you start? Uh, two years ago. So okay. So it had been, yeah. It, so when the pandemic happened, 
I think I was working at my new job probably like six months before okay. I started working from home. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, so it was still relatively new. And then all of a sudden you have to work from yeah. home yeah. and then transitioning from that to your newest endeavor, which mm-hmm. is? I am now also teaching at Berries and Yes! I know that was uh, very unexpected, but honestly, probably one of the most challenging and rewarding things that I've done so far in my life. Okay, we need to hear this story. Where, like, how did this all come about? Well, I mean, Berries wasn't something that was new to me. I started taking Berries in 2014 when I lived in San Francisco and they had just opened uh, one of their studios there. And so I remember being super terrified to go into that workout. And once I stepped outside of class, I was hooked. And so I think Barry's has followed me around in every city that I've either lived in or traveled to. And so when I moved back to Seattle, they didn't have a Barry's studio. And so I think they opened about two years ago, right, Moses? I think two years ago. And then um, started going more consistently again. And then you became an instructor, which is super exciting. And then last, and actually, no, this year in May, they found me through Instagram and asked if I was interested in teaching. And so it was like a dream come true because one of my long-term goals back then when we talked was eventually teaching at some, in some, some type of workout. Wasn't sure, but Barry's was kind of that unattainable dream where I was like, if I could teach for anyone, it would be for berries. And so things just kind of fell in place and I went through training in June, taught my first class in June. You were there and yeah, it's been an integral part of my life for the last two months. <laughs> that's, that's so cool because I, I think berries has that appeal to it. Like you said, there's this kind of cool aspect to like being oh Barry's instructor or you know I think I think they're uh, they do a really really great job of of doing that with their marketing and, and and everything like that. What you gotta like take me through like where were you when you got the message like what was going through your mind? I know that you were really excited, but like take us through that journey. I okay so when they had initially reached out, they had messaged me on Instagram. I think I was driving somewhere and when I parked, I I read the message and that was the initial time when they were asking me if I was even interested or knew what Barry's was. I immediately took a screenshot and I sent it to two people, my brother and you, right? (laughs) I'm like, is this, is this actually something? Because I wasn't coming from Barry's main account. It was just someone um, that was helping with recruiting. And so I wasn't really sure. And I'm, that started the interview process and the interview process was kind of long. There was initial screen just to fill you out as a person looking at different values and how you would just be in terms of um, like what your style is teaching. And so there was a short audition, uh, interviewed with a few of the team members in LA that led culture and, and the people team. And yeah, when I was chosen, I was actually in LA and I was celebrating a dinner with my best friend. It was her birthday and I got the email. I didn't even read most of the body of the paragraph. I screamed and threw my phone and she was like, what happened? And I was like, I don't know, it was berries. And she's like, did you get it? And I was like, I don't know, I haven't read the email. And so as soon as I found out and like I confirmed that it was happening, I was just, I don't know, I probably blacked out at some point, but I did message you to tell you the good news and I FaceTimed my brother 
um, he and I, like I said, super close, and he's also a huge Berries fan, so he was really, really excited for me, and then, yeah, flew back, and the next day that I came back from LA, that was training. It was a week long of very intense training. It's, it's kind of crazy because it was the hardest thing I've ever done. I think people walk into a workout class thinking, you see that instructors execute with so much ease and grace that you actually don't realize how much goes into teaching and planning until you do it yourself, right? Yeah. And so uh, my respect just for all instructors and people who teach in the fitness industry, it's, it's, yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, you're just a respectful, respectful person as <laughs> is. Uh, but it probably went up tenfold once you started to know, understand like what does go into it. Also shout out to Nathan. <laughs> Nathan. Nathan's great. Uh, that's, it was, it was amazing to, cause for those of you who don't know that are listening to this, the four people who are listening to this right now, uh, <laughs> the Sarah was the main reason why I decided to even try berries. Cause I was reached out to in the same way. Like someone slid into my DMs. I was like, who is this person? I don't, they're not, I don't even know if there is this like a, you know, hey, DM us to co collab type thing. <laughs> you know, hey, we're looking for ambassadors for our brand. Like, I don't know what's going on. So I, I was in the same boat as you. And I know you had loved berries uh, previously and you knew that it would be a great opportunity for me. So I have to thank you for inspiring me to try out and join the team. Uh, so when, when I found out that you were joining the team, it was just like, wow, we've come, we've come full circle. Yeah. Um, day one. Yep. Yep. Day one. What going back to the training aspect of it, because Barry's is a little different in the sense that you're teaching two classes at one time. Oh, right. Yeah. So what, Never being instructor before, just being like a fitness enthusiast, as you might describe yourself, what, what, what was it like to try and learn the process of teaching? It was, it was very intense. Um, I'm really thankful for the instru other instructors that started with me at the same time. It's kind of crazy. Barry's brings together the most insane group of people. Mm. Like you are genuinely friends with them. They are incredibly supportive. And I think they're just able to pick out people that are very relatable, right? And so I feel very close to the people who started with me. But mm -hmm. right, I had no teaching experience prior to this, never really even been on a mic. And like I said, it, it's like a runaway train where there's so many different things to keep track of. One is your designing and programming the workout, right? So you have to learn the different um, exercises that are efficient, body placement. You want to be able to give cues both visually and verbally so that it makes sense. And then there's like cutting the playlist to reflect your personality and timing music with when people sprint. But also, I think it's just so hard because you said there's a tread portion and the floor portion going on at the same time. And you want to make sure that everyone feels included and aware of where they should be in the workout. And so it's a lot of like technical stuff, but also the soft skills because you want to create an environment that is encouraging, inviting, that's motivating, and then you drive the energy. So as soon as you, for me, it was very hard just because I'm a perfectionist and I think I had to learn different things that um, 
would make me a better instructor. And I know you and I've talked about this, like you have a background in acting and a lot of it, even being on the mic is being able to project your voice a certain way. And so I have you to thank for little tidbits mm -hmm. and nuggets of wisdom on how to project your voice or how you should speak so that people can hear you better. Yeah. So yeah. it's a lot. I think that as soon as you fix one thing, you realize there's something else that can be improved. But thankfully it's one of those things where you, get better each time you teach a class, right? Sure. So the minutes become longer where the minute you can use to, you know, fix your mic or adjust the music or take a breath, take a sip of water. And so mm -hmm. it's become easier, but yeah, I think sometimes even when I step into the red room and teach, I black out and the next thing you're cooling down and class is over. Yeah, that, that doesn't really change, at least for me. <laughs> At least for me, because like, I'm always worried about, are people having fun? Like, are you guys having a good time? I don't know. So, you know, I always have that mentality of like, all right, like, you know, I just got to keep getting better, keep getting better, keep improving uh, wherever I can. I think it's, it's, it's a tough format. And uh, I think for people who are wanting to be instructors or looking to get into that, I think they can definitely look at you for inspiration. Um, just cause you know, you, you started from zero background and now, now we're here. Thank you. Know? you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, going back, back again, what was your first experience in fitness? Oh gosh. I, I feel like, you know, I didn't grow up at, so I, I feel like you are an athlete, right? We're all, athletes in some way, but I definitely don't think that I was as disciplined growing up. Um, I dabbled in a lot of things. I dabbled in ballet and I dabbled in jazz, a little bit of gymnastics and tennis, but nothing really stuck. I think for me, it stuck enough where it became a really big part of my life. And um, it probably wasn't, I mean, even going to the gym during college, it, you don't really know what you're doing because you just don't have that knowledge and background of how certain muscle groups work or how you probably execute with good form. Mm -hmm. And so I think it wasn't until, you know, graduating from college and just trying out different types of workouts that, so I think what important to remember is there's not one workout that works for everyone. Our bodies are made we're all unique and they're different. And so what may work for you may not work for me. And that's perfectly okay. So I think, um, you, you know, that I used to work at ClassPass and ClassPass was a good way to just introduce different types of workouts that exist that you may not have known about previously to see what works. And so for me, a lot of that was like spin, um, got really into boxing. And I think that as I have just change as a person over time, the type of workouts that I do also reflect that. So I tend to perform more um, intense weight training style. So that's why berries fits in really well. Boxing is still a big part of it. And then even strength training, that's strictly lifting. And so I think after college was my first time just really understanding like what my body likes and what I respond best to. And then just going from there curating and then creating like a workout that just cycles through those three or four core things and it keeps me happy yeah you should see this girl deadlift i'm just saying. <laughs> uh, uh, what, what was it like working with class pass because class pass has been around for how many years it's been a while around for a while now um when i joined was it 20 i don't even remember what year it was specifically but 
they were a team of 40 people back then. And that's the reason why I moved to New York was to work for that's them. Cra- that's crazy. I, you were in early. That sounds like you were in early. So we went through quite a different um, business models and I was on the finance side. So outside of fitness, it's really funny. People meet me and they think that I work in fitness, but I don't. It's 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 finance. I'm a numbers nerd, Excel monkey, whatever you want to call it. And so um, ClassPass was probably one of the most unique experiences. And part of it is because the founder is a woman of color. And it's really rare to find that in most tech companies. But even when I worked there in the early days, the staff, every the t- most of the team, we, we were women, right? And it's for me, previously working in big tech companies, the majority of people are male. And so I think that added a twist into things. And because ClassPass is fitness on it's focus on fitness it just naturally fit into my lifestyle so i mean who doesn't love a job where you can just dress and work out clothes like this that's pretty cool that's yeah it was casual that's why i do what i do (laughs) i just get to hang out in athleisure all the time that's great that's great highly recommend uh that's so cool i think uh class pass is a really cool format i think they do a really good job and the fact that it's mainly women-led is it still that way? Uh, the CEO is now a male who is very, very accomplished, and um, she's still at the face of the company. Okay. A lot of her values are still there, yes. That's good. That's good. Uh, if So when we talked last time, we talked about your end game with fitness before you were an instructor, and I think it's really cool because – Uh, We talked about, you know, your own person. It was like twofold. Your answer was twofold. (laughs) It was talking about your own personal journey and what you like to do for workouts, talking about all the things you just mentioned, strength training, boxing, high intensity, getting a good sweat in, but then helping and inspiring other people to live a healthy, active lifestyle. And, And now you're doing it. And it's so cool to see you living out that goal. Uh, so what's next? I, I think that you're right. So that was a big goal of mine. And sometimes I don't think I take enough time to reflect on what, like how I've gotten there and, and like where I am now. And I think what I want to focus now is just really building that community. Right. And so I feel like I'm just entering, um, the fitness community in a different way. And I hope to just continue inspiring, but really integrate and inform a lot more of the personal relationships, right? Just even outside of the classroom. So right. hopefully I can keep building on that. I know it's it's like a slow, it's a slow play game, but I think that the people you meet, um, those connections are really going to shape not just you, but them. And right. it's going to form into something really beautiful. Right. I think... I think that's important, especially for the newer instructors who are listening to the pod to understand that it is a long game. Mm-hmm. You know, you might get three classes in a week to try and get to know people. And it's really hard. You're not there full time, you know? Um, so for someone who's new, who comes into a new schedule, chances are they, they don't get the high volume times, right? Because they want to save that for the, like the more veteran people. And so you have two or three opportunities a week to really try to dig deep and make an impact and get to know people and get to know people's names. But that's what's also great about having lower classes, numbers in your classes, because you're like, cool, I know every person's name in this class. 
that's what I love about my 1230 classes at Barry's. Cause it's like, you know, it's like 20 people and I know every single one of them. Yeah. So, so I think, I think it's really important to, you know, like you said, establish those relationships because you've been more on the social media side of it. Mm-hmm. What has that transition been like to go from more social media based to more in-person in-class uh, is, is there a difference? Do you feel a difference? I, I you know, I, I really do think I'm my authentic self online as I am in person. And so True. I don't think that transition is too hard, but it's, it's so nice to be able to finally put a face to a mm. person. Right? There are people or, who, yeah, or a username. Yeah, that, that's also true. But yeah. there are people who have met me on Instagram who have come to my classes. And so, you know, it just I think it's just been a weird year with a pandemic where people are just starting to go into a routine and feel more comfortable going to places in person. And so meeting those people in real life, I can't even tell you how much of a big of a smile that brings to me. So um, I, I feel like I've been doing a little less on the social media side I I think that's still again a big part of my identity and it's because it's more of a creative outlet for me so it's been um it's I'm still testing out what the balance is between like my day job berries and then everything social media related right right (laughs) because I I was just talking to someone about you know if if there's if you have all your interests and you put them in a triangle whichever way you go towards, like if you start leaning into your berries end of the triangle, it pulls from other areas that you want. Right. And, or if you start pulling towards your social media, then it pulls away from other areas that you might want to keep your focus on. So it's kind of challenging to find that right balance. And it's just like mixing and matching and playing around and experience experimenting and, and, uh, how it has that balance been going? It's been, it's been not going to lie. It's, it's been hard. I think social media feels almost like a full-time job on top of a full-time job. Right. Um, at the same time, I think there are certain weeks where you're right. You lean like for a while, it was very heavy and berries as I was ramping up and it's probably starting to like split more where I'm like, okay, I don't need as much time there as it becomes more familiar. So I have a little more free time to allocate to X, Y, and Z. Right. And so um, I think it just depends on what's happening that week. If I have deadlines or deliverables on the social media side, or for example, like work, my daytime job right now is super busy because we're going through a forecast cycle. So more time is dedicated towards there. But I think that um, it's also important to just carve out like a middle part of the triangle. That's maybe not a triangle, but a circle mm-hmm. where like, this is you and your well-being and your mental health, right? right. You can't just look at those three separately it's also together and saying like if I'm not okay mentally in my head everything is going to be subpar quality right right because that's that's a kind of the what I found is the danger with the social media part is that that whole pressure of like having to post and having to come up with something creative like that's what I have found kind of intimidating about social media where I'll I'll just like pull back and like forget it. Like it's, it's too much. I, like, I also had to pull back with classes and some personal training stuff just cause it was, you know, it was just too much, you know, and, and realizing that I needed to pull back was kind of tricky because I'm always the type of guy that, Hey, bring it on. Like 
I can, I can take on more. Yeah, I can take on more. That, that is a testament to you though, Moses, because I think you need to be so self-aware to even identify that that's happening. I think when most people realize that they're burnt out, it's, it's too late. And yeah. so you, um, I think that inspires people to say like, hey, you should always t- temperature check where you are mm. so that you don't end up in a spot where it's harder to recover, right? Because right. the sooner you identify it, the easier it is to put measures in place to course correct and get you back on track before everything spirals downhill and snowballs. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's just like, it can be a lot. And social media, especially when you have 40K plus followers, like, how do you manage that? How do you manage, do you, A, do you feel pressure to post and to give your followers content and, or, and B, it, like, what's that like to balance? I think it's changed over the last few years I've done it. I think in the beginning, I did care a lot more, right? Um, just as you're building a following, building content, trying to show what you are like as a person through pictures, videos, or even words. And now I honestly, I post when I want to post. And if you don't like me, it's, it's like a lesson that I'm still learning, right? Like, you're not going to please everyone if they don't like your content, that's fine. But I think as long as you're posting things that make you happy and when you want to, that's when the most, like the best content comes out. And so is there pressure in some aspects, just like when people meet me in person? Yes, right? Like I have my bad days. I have things that are challenging. And so I think like when people work out with me, they expect me to go off full on beast mode, but no, there are days when I just, yep. it's not a treadmill day. Like yep. I, it's like what you said, within the first two minutes, you know, if it's going to be a strong run day and sometimes it's not, but you know, we're all human. And I think you just have to remember to give yourself grace and understand that, Hey, we're human. We have feelings and emotions too. You can't just be on, on, on 24 seven because you wouldn't be your authentic self. Absolutely. I think that's, that's a, a very very strong point because you know sometimes like i'm just going 80 percent. that's like that's that's what i got today that's my 80s my 100 today and i think that's you know perfectly fine mm-hmm. uh okay we're gonna go into some quick hitters here are you okay. ready just like quick fire questions we're okay we're not, we're not super pressed on time so hey thanks for taking the time uh here we go Ready? Just off the top of the dome. Ready? Okay. Pizza or tacos? Pizza. First one. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's because I have a pizza craving, but I also did eat tacos last night. So probably. (laughs) Oh my God. You had tacos last night, but pizza is the answer. Love it. Uh, Dogs or cats? Dogs. Mm -hmm. Beach or nature? Oh, that's hard. I know. I, I knew this was going to be tough for you. I, I think my, I don't know. Is it a vacation? See, see, I need, I need more, I need more um, things to go off of. I think my first thing that would have spewed out of my mouth is probably beach, but I do, I think as I've gotten older, really appreciate nature as well. Me too. I yeah. used to never, I used to hate hiking. Mm-hmm. Like hiking was, what am I like? Hey, let me, let me rephrase. I don't like to walk. I I love to run. Yeah. So walking feels like a waste of time. (laughs) 
Moses. Like, well, I mean, I went, I went on a hiking trip last month, remember, through Rainier, Mount Rainier, Mount Rainier National yep. Park. And so yeah, as I've gotten older, I just appreciate hiking more. I, I'm the same way. So as I've gotten, quarantine actually really helped because it, I realized that, wow, quiet feels so nice sometimes. Yeah. Like I've lived in the city for a long time. I've been around loud music and classes and high energy for, for past five years. So being out in nature and hearing birds and water and, and the wind in the trees, like as cheesy as that sounds, it was like, wow. It's almost meditative, right? Yeah, very much so. Um, vacation or staycation? Uh, I think vacation at this point. We've had a pretty long staycation. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's the first time anyone's brought that up. All right. That was level one. Now we go into a little harder. Level two? Oh, level my. Two. Oh, man. We made it. It's a level two. Spicy? Okay. Uh, well, just like next level as far as you have to think a little more. It's not just like one word answers. <laughs> What's your favorite treat meal? My treat meal? You know, I, I feel like even on my treat meal, this is going to sound really weird, but my treat meals actually don't differ that, that much from how I normally eat, but it's probably some form of carbs, like bread, pasta. Yeah, gotta love that. What's yes. Your, what's your favorite kind of pasta? I love uh, bucatini. You know, it's like spaghetti, but a lot thicker. The noodles oh, are a lot thicker. Oh, interesting. Then, yeah. Are, are, you, are you a red sauce or a white sauce person? Red sauce because I can't have dairy. Ah, yeah, white sauce is just so heavy. I know, lactose intolerant doesn't make me feel good. I feel you. Um, Do you have any hidden talents? Hidden talents? Well, I mean, I I know one, but really, yeah. But I want to hear you. I want to hear what you have to say. I mean, I I feel like painting was kind of my hidden talent, but I've been trying to share more of my artwork more with people. I know, I still owe you a painting, so you have to yeah. make a super cut at some point. You, you guys have to, if, if A, follow her if you don't already, you probably already do, but her paintings are super dope. Like, super dope. I love them. Oh, I love that. You. Yeah, yeah. That, that was going to be my hit. Okay, okay. I was like, what do you know that I don't? Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you have a current obsession podcast TV show? Um, no, I've been a huge fan of just NPR, how I built this. Mm. So it's always interesting, just seeing how other people have built something from the ground up and where they draw their inspiration from. So you hear it from the beginning to end and all of the difficulties they faced. So that's, I I like that. Yeah. Do you want to build something from the ground up? Um, if I did which I probably do, it's probably somewhere in the fitness space. I haven't quite figured out where there's a gap or a need yet, but right. I would love to focus some of my effort into that. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. <laughs> uh, what did you want to be when you were a kid? What did you want to be when you, wanted, when you were growing up? I wanted to be a figure skater. <laughs> really? Yeah. I don't know. You watch the Winter Olympics and you pe- see people ice skate. and That's so cool. Beautiful. Yeah, I was enamored and that's what I wanted to be. I remember writing in my diaries, figure skating. Wow. So me and Sarah have known each other for a while. Yep. 
I totally slid into her DMs. You can totally rehear this conversation on, on my Instagram. Uh, if you go down to our IGTV where we had our first interview, I think we called it Quarantine Chronicles. So go, go, go check that out. <laughs> Episode one, one of one, because it stopped there. Uh, but, but that's where this was kind of born out of. So that's what's great. Uh, but going back to that conversation, I totally slid into her DMs. Lululemon kind of asked me to reach out to someone who I didn't really know uh, to have them come in and do a fitting together. And so we can get to know each other. And from there, this awesome friendship kind of blossomed. And so that was two and a half years ago now. I think maybe even three, I think in November. Three? Yeah. We are. I know, I know we take an annual picture. That's true. Our friend birthday. That's yeah, true. Yeah. I think yeah. Uh, is there a childhood memory that sticks with you? That kind of like has shaped you? Anything that comes to mind? Uh, yeah, there is. Um, not related to fitness, but we talked about how family is, uh, you know, a big value and, and very important in my life. And my grandma helped raise my brother and I when we were much younger. Um, she moved from China to help raise us in Wyoming. But mm. during the long summers, there would be this ice cream truck that would drive by. You'd hear it from your house. And my grandma would always buy us ice cream. You know, the ones that come in like a little plastic cup with wooden spoons? Yes. The creamsicle flavor? Yes. And it was funny because I was talking to my brother about this maybe like one or two weeks ago about how our grandma would buy us ice cream. That was one of her favorite flavors. And so that is just a very, very fond memory that I have. Um, and yeah, really hold dear to my heart. I love that. You <laughs> must, you must love, you must salivate when you see an orange creamsicle with that wood spoon. Thank you. I still, I still really love that flavor. Yeah. I love it too. Oh, for, for, first of all, what was it like being Asian American in Wyoming? Um, people thought I was a tourist all the time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there are some times where you do experience racism. You think Wyoming is just a very red state and conservative. And so it's just culturally not as diverse. And in my town, I was the only Asian person. I was going to say, how many Asian kids were in your class? Like pretty much myself. <laughs> yeah. How, how long did you live in Wyoming for? 15 years. Wow. So you even went to like a couple years of high school? We did. You know, my brother and I also talked about this on Monday is just how we grew up in Wyoming and I moved after freshman year and he moved after seventh grade. Mm -hmm. And it was really hard just coming into Seattle and it being very diverse. I mean, you know, your teenage years are just so, they're so important because you're going through with this phase of trying to figure out your identity. So to take you out of a, like in the middle of high school or in the middle of middle school where people have already formed friends, it's just so much harder to build relationships with other people. Right. So it's hard. Um, and, yeah. well, and going back to identity, what, what was that like? Were you, it sounds like your family was really entrenched in being Chinese, like Chinese values. Really strong Chinese values. And was it, was it hard to, it sounds like you were like you had your head on straight as you're growing up. For me, it was tough because I like all my friends were white. Default was white. So I, I personally had a hard time being Asian uh, mm -hmm. in, in my community. And there's a lot of Asian people here. I just, 
I just didn't like to be associated. I don't know how, how you felt about being Asian, like the only Asian person in your class. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think there are times when you realize that you are different. Um, I mean, outside of that, I think I'm very thankful that my parents made us learn Chinese, right? Mm. Like looking back, I think even maybe you could relate that as you grow up, I think belonging and culture and, and your identity and like where you came from is, it just gets increasingly more important. And so I really have my parents to thank for just instilling that into us at a very young age. Yeah. But same thing growing up, primarily my friends were white. Um, you don't get exposed to a lot of different ethnicities or cultures or even like types of food. So you always felt in some aspect like the black sheep out, right? Right. And so, yeah, I think I probably a lot easier than some other people who probably grew up in similar neighborhoods because I grew up safe, right? There was no violence or right. or anything like that, anything crazy. But it's it's something that you learn to deal with young. And you look back saying like, wow, I, that was a big learning experience. And I very much appreciate everything my parents did for us. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah, I, that's such a good point. Like instilling that culture in you. For me, my dad tried. We didn't, he didn't speak Korean to me. My but taking Korean lessons. See, this is where I'm saying as you get older, yeah, you get absolutely. more. Like, you know what? It's about time. But to your point, <laughs> growing up, I just kind of despised my dad. So anything that he was preaching to me, I, I rejected. Like, I just, I didn't want any part of it. And so anytime he would tell me, oh, Korea is so great. Korea is this big and we're doing big things. We got car companies. We got electronic companies. We're, we're great at archery randomly. Like, it's, it's weird. He would always brag about how great Korea is. And I, I didn't, I didn't like it. So I just kind of pushed it away. And do you think that changes how you think you would raise a family of your own one day? Yeah, for sure. Because like, as to your point, as I get older, you know, and I see a person like you, one of my best friends, Lorenzo, he's Filipino American, but he's fluent in Tagalog. He always is hanging out with his family. He's always incorporating his his culture and his cuisine and his and everything tied into it and it inspires me it, like i like i'm like man like i i kind of want to bring that into my life that culture of my people so that's why i'm starting korean lessons uh it's never too late to do that yeah 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 yep uh Okay, we've already kind of dove into level three because we're getting into these <laughs> heavier questions. Level three, uh, okay, here we go. We've already started level three, but uh, officially level three, what is some advice that you would give your younger self? My younger self, um, you know, I think these days I'm less, a little less type A than I used to be. Like I said earlier, I'm just, I think I used to focus so much on perfection and you're so focused that you're like, I need to get to point A and B and that's it. And so I think looking back at my younger self is just give yourself more grace, right? Um, even the time that I spent like studying, it's really funny because I think my identity used to be tied to like my GPA, which is three like arbitrary numbers, right? And I don't, I, I feel like I didn't really miss out in life, but I think that I could have fully enjoyed it more. Mm. Right, slowed down just a bit. I think 
just naturally growing up Asian American, you're like, go, 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 go. And you, you have, um, like these big goals that kind of are set by your parents and you don't want to disappoint. And so right. I think I was just so academically focused that I think looking back, I would have told myself to chill out just a little bit and really enjoy being present, right? And so um, slowing down and then I think just really not being afraid to just speak up and to really show what my personality is like. And I think I've grown out of that shell a little more. I think that when people meet me, they're surprised to know that I'm introverted because they yeah. just, yeah. <laughs> I, I would tend to agree. And I think humans are funny that way because I was on the opposite. I had zero structure. I was like, whatever. And yeah. I wish I was a little more focused and like that side of it where, man, I wish I did care about, I did care more because then I would care about the audio of this podcast and then <laughs> share the podcast. But I'm like, whatever, it's going to be fine. Like it's, you know, it'll figure, it'll get figured out. Uh, so there's always that kind of balance of where you are on that mm -hmm. teeter totter of, you know, whether you're super practical and perfectionist or you're just like so chill that it, whatever, you know, there's pros and cons to both. So I think we're always trying to kind of meet in the middle somewhere. I know it's, it's a trial it's trial and error, right? Yeah. You eventually find a balance. For sure. Do you, do you have any new short-term and long-term goals? I think short-term goals, it's again, like really understanding what makes me happy and trying to balance everything that I do. I spent the last year just trying to trim all the fat out of my life. And when I mean fat, meaning like, where can I focus my top three to five things that I, that really make me happy and, and then just kind of deprioritize everything else. So short-term goal is just really still keeping myself on that upward trajectory where I said I had a really great year. I just yeah. want to be mindful and present so that it's, it's like sustainable. Mm -hmm. Long-term goals. I actually think I need to think about that more. Um, I think that just because of the pandemic, you're just setting short-term goals because True. you're trying to keep yourself on track. And I think when, when you're in a pandemic and it's lockdown and it's just generally very hard and different, setting a goal too far out just sounds very unattainable, right? right? Because we're in a different world. And so I don't have any major long-term goals yet other than living the sustainable lifestyle yep. and keeping this happy. I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> All right, last couple questions. Uh, what if there's one thing you could change in the fitness industry, what would it be? Oh boy. Oh my gosh, Moses. Um, you know, I, I think like looking back, I'm, I'm so proud of when I learn about how far we've come as women, or even specifically like people of color, we have to be so strong and there's still a lot of work cut out for us, especially in the fitness industry. And so I would just love to see more focus around diversity and inclusion and just equity. And the second thing is there's so much societal pressure on how we should look physically right you see these standards that are not attainable and, and not realistic and I really hope that we can actually create new standards it's something that I really really want to see and and have more people focus on where it's it's not being measured by physical metrics it's more about personal growth and mindset like right. I really want us to focus on what we can do now versus what we can't 
Mm. Like I always tell my, my, when I'm teaching at the end of the class, I always say that we celebrate all wins, no matter how big or small. And I think people only celebrate the big ones, but you know, a small win can just be something that happens today that you're just proud of. Right. True. Like even just showing up for class, something like that. So focusing really on the mental and um, personal growth rather than some arbitrary physical metric that's set by people. It's it's funny because, uh, back in the day we used to do um like point system like brush my teeth two points <laughs> like, you know matching socks one point and then at the end of the day you're like yo i scored you know 120 points today let's go you know what? that would be a pretty interesting episode for you to do just yeah. just follow my day be like boom two that points would that would be fun I would need like graphics, like the Mario coin sound, like bing, bing. I got you. Okay, I cool. got you. I need, I need, I need a professional editor. Uh, what's your why behind your life? Why? Not I just, think. Not just fitness. I, my why, um, you know, I think I'm still working on that one. I think your why changes. Mm grow as a person so if you ask me what my why was when I was living in New York it's probably a lot different than what it is today true and so I don't think I have that completely figured out um but I think I I love that you're grounded in that you're like you know what I'm still thinking about that it's not not yeah right or wrong it's just what it is it's an honest answer yeah so still figuring that out that's cool uh who would you like to hear on off the pod or off the waitlist podcast? And can you help me get them on? I sure can try Moses. Who would I like to hear? Um, I don't know. It'd be cool if you could interview some of the Seahawks players. I mean, yeah, that would be cool. Can you help? Can you help get them on? <laughs> no, maybe there is a way, but I, I think, what would be really cool is if there are, it's like a range of people, right? Like people who are very established to people who are just starting out their journey, who are in the middle of their journey. I think people always focus on the end result, right? And they talk about their journey after they've completed it. But sometimes it's also good to get grounded and have that perspective of someone that's just starting mm. something um, major or different in their life and someone who's like halfway through. True. So. True. All right. Well, give me a name then. One name. That you can One name. That you want to hear on the pod. I think it would be really interesting to talk to... Oh my gosh, you're really putting me on the spot. I know, I know, yep. Just because just what I'm going to do is I'm going to clip this part and tag them. Be like, yo, we need you on the pod. I, okay, I don't know how we're going to do this, but I would actually love if you talked to the founder of ClassPass. Yeah. What's, what's her name? Her name is Pyle. Pyle. Um, yep, so if you're listening to this, I used to work for you. So I, yeah. You would add tremendous value just with perspective, um, just in the fitness industry and just empowering women in general. So, damn, just shooting for the stars. We're on episode three, and Sarah's just shooting for the stars. (laughs) I I love it. I love it. All right. 
Uh, before we go, I do this every time. Uh, it's not self-promotion because I'm forcing you to do it. Let people know where they can find you, where they can work out with you, where they can uh, communicate with you. Cool. Um, just really quickly, you can always find me on Instagram. It's Fit by Slam. Yeah, my nickname. The dopest name. I know. It just it just stuck for the last few years. But yeah, I teach at Berries in Seattle. So find me on the schedule. If not, just always reach out to my DMs. I promise I'll probably see it just like how you and I met, Moses. Yeah. Dope. Oh man, this was so much fun. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your work day, sacrificing your work. I know you're super busy with work and everything like that. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining. Okay, I will see you next time. All right, Babu. Bye.